we, we continue on with the season of Eastertide that we're in, um, wanting to be sure that we devote a lot of attention to um, talking about the implications of the resurrection of Jesus. Um, and so we, we roll on with those themes. Um, this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, this element that really solidifies, um, you know, talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Um, we're going to be looking at this theme that really solidifies itself once we look back on the life and look back on the resurrection of Jesus. And that is this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd. Um, and it's this theme of shepherd, and more specifically the good shepherd, that we see, uh, we see really all throughout scriptures. Um, today we're going to be reading a psalm, um, we're going to be reading a passage from the Gospels, and we're also going to be reading a passage from um, one of the other New Testament books. And the reason we're looking at those three different passages is because they all talk about shepherd. Um, they all talk about uh, God as our shepherd, Jesus as our shepherd. Um, and what we're going to be looking at a bit more specifically is how the good shepherd, being Jesus, creates what we're going to call this morning a culture within the flock. So today's going to be quite metaphorical. Um, we're going to be referring to our relationship with Jesus um, in metaphorical terms, talking about shepherds and sheep and flock and things of that nature. But it really does become a helpful image when we are on our quest of trying to figure out as human beings um, what our relationship with our Lord is, um, what our relationship with our Savior is, but also what does our relationship with others look like as well, and how is that informed by our relationship with our shepherd? And so we're going to be looking at several passages um, of Scripture today that, that all help us with that imagery. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that time together. Uh, to begin, um, let's, let's enter into this time of worship together in prayer. Um, the words of that prayer will be on the screen behind me. I'll lead us in the first sentence of that prayer, and then out loud together we will read um, the uh, part of the prayer that is in yellow. Um, so let's go ahead and pray together this morning. Shepherd of all, by laying down your life for your flock, you reveal your love for all. Lead us from the place of death to the place of abundant life, that guided by your care for us, we may rightly offer our lives in love for you and our neighbors. Amen. Psalm 23, we've heard this one before, a lot of us have. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley... I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And with that psalm, we begin our exploration of the shepherd and sheep and flock imagery. So um, to continue on in our time, we're going to engage in a few songs that Tom will lead us in. Um, You're welcome to sing along, hum along, listen along, however you'd like to interact with these songs. Um, And then after a couple, we will uh, spend some more time in the scriptures and in prayer. Um, So Lord, would you be with us now? Um, Be in our midst. Uh, We believe that your Holy Spirit um, dwells not only within us as individuals, but among us as gathered people. So we ask that your presence this morning among us would open our eyes, would open up our hearts and our minds and perhaps even our imaginations on how our connection with you as our shepherd informs our connections with one another. So be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Reachway Kids. You can go and head over with Pastor Cassie for your time of worship as well. Let us read about the love of God, the great love that we just sang about. We see a passage concerning this love in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, starting at verse 11. Uh, These are words that are accredited to Jesus, speaking to those that are gathered there in this particular place and time where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. We read on about the love of God. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away simply because he's just a hired hand and actually cares nothing for the sheep. So then Jesus says, rather, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep. They're not of this sheep pen but I must bring them also. For they too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life 
but only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. So Jesus weaves, um, weaves together his command from his Father with what he knows his role is, being this good shepherd, caring for the flock, but you'll also see language in there such as, there are other sheep out there, but they're not a part of this pen, but I want them to be part of this pen. And so we hear about love, we hear about laying down life, we hear about sacrifice, but we also hear about things like, I'm wanting to go and bring others into this environment, this this flock, this flock with one single shepherd. And I'm really encouraged by that. Um, and as we continue once again to explore this metaphor, and we'll get to in a moment how, you know, what is our role as quote-unquote sheep of the flock under the shepherd of Jesus? Prayer becomes a huge part of that. And so that's why we set time aside every single one of our gatherings to pray. Um, in this time that we call prayers of the people, we have a great opportunity to um, present those heavy burdens on our hearts, perhaps on our minds as well, on, on behalf of our own households, but also on behalf of other family members and friends that we know, um, and even the world. <laughs> we, we really enter into this time um, understanding that there is a great benefit in bringing to God who hears us the, the requests and the, the, the thanksgivings as well on our hearts. And so um, to do that, I'll read a short prayer to lead us into a time of then silence where you all can pray and lift up the things that are on your hearts and minds this morning and then uh, we will take some time to pray uh, corporately out loud by um, me sharing some short phrases, and then together we'll say, Lord, hear our prayer to be a way where we can corporately pray for those needs as well. Um, every morning we do have this piece of paper here on the front altar. Um, it's during that Lord, hear our prayer time where if you have any specific requests that you would like read during that time for us to pray about, then um, that is always an opportunity for you. Um, so let's take these next several moments and pray. Holy God, you have called us to follow in the way of your risen Son and to care for those who are our companions, not only with words of comfort, but also with acts of love. As we seek to be true friends of all, we offer these prayers on behalf of the church and on behalf of the world. Let us pray.
Lord, we ask that you would bring comfort and healing to Wyatt, who is in the hospital. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, we ask that you would be with those who work in the fields of healthcare and education and other fields that are being stretched during this pandemic. Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, we ask that you would be with those who work in human services, who are serving those who are homeless. Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, we ask that you would continue to dwell in the places where we live and the places we work and the places where we spend time. Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, guide us in the path of discipleship so that as you have blessed us, we also may be a blessing to others, bringing the promise of the kingdom near by our words and our deeds. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with your other church family members. We're going to continue on in this theme of once again, Jesus being our good shepherd. And we're going to be reading from um, the book of 1 John, chapter 3. So this is going to be uh, more towards the, the end of the New Testament and, and therefore towards the end of our Bibles. Um, the words of 1 John this morning um, are not going to explicitly use the word shepherd but they are going to uh, use some language of what we just read about in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, talking about um, how we, we lay down our lives, uh, the just pure love, like the good shepherd's love, lays down their life. And so I'll be reading from 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 16, and then I have a, a couple of thoughts to share uh, about that passage this morning. So I'll go ahead and read these verses for us, 1 John chapter 3, 16 through 24, um, and get a hold of this first sentence because it's a good one. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. We could stop there. That's pretty good. <laughs> we, we continue on. The author says, we ought to then lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters as well. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and yet has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? With actions, children, let us not love with words or speech, but also with actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth, how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. 
Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, then we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. And this is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in Him, and He in them. And this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. And we'll go ahead and stop there. Hopefully you've noticed that all three of the passages that we've read this morning provide us with such great comforting truths, and they should. In Psalm 23, we declare that because the Lord is my shepherd, we lack nothing. That is a great comforting truth for us this morning. In the Gospel of John chapter 10, we see the good shepherd, that is Jesus Christ, tell us what he, the good shepherd, does for his flock. He lays down his life for his sheep. And what we just read in 1 John chapter 3, we have this full circle moment and we realize that the only reason we even know what love is in the first place is because Jesus laid down his life for us, just as the good shepherd does. So here this morning that the good shepherd Jesus provides us rest and peace and walks with us when we journey down rough, dark, rocky terrain. When the journey gets bumpy, we can be assured that Jesus, the good shepherd, does in fact walk with us. That is our hope and found in Psalm 23. We should know this morning that the good shepherd Jesus knows his sheep. And not only that, but desires to go out and to find and to bring in other sheep that are not yet part of his flock so that there would, in fact, only be one flock. We are the sheep of the Lord, and therefore, we are known, and we are seen, and we are loved, and we are cherished, and we are fought for by our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. You are part of the flock. We are part of the flock. Your shepherd will lead you to peace on the backside of trouble. You will experience comfort. You are in the fold. The love of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, makes this so. And for that we say, Amen. But, did you know 
that it seems also, as we look at these passages, and we will look, in fact, at one more, that not just the shepherd has responsibilities when it comes to caring for the flock. We are part of the flock, and the shepherd lays down his life for the flock. But when it comes to caring for the flock, I believe the sheep have some responsibility as well. well how, do we, how do we gather this? Well, we look back again at 1 John chapter 3, that second half of verse 16, when we talk about how we know what love is because Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, the author then immediately includes that we therefore should be doing the same thing, laying down our lives and caring for our brothers and sisters. And further ahead in verse 18, the author says that we are to love one another with not only words, we should with words, but not only, but we should also with actions. Now, we are to do this not just in order to follow the example of the good shepherd, although that would be a good enough reason <laughs> to just follow the example of the shepherd, but in fact, we take it even another step further in 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, we read that it's what's being commanded of us. But it is also, in fact, an idea of do what is being modeled for you, but it is also, in fact, an actual command that is inescapable in the Scriptures. There's another story on this topic um, and it might be familiar to you. It's from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 18. And I'll read just a couple of verses here. This is Matthew 18 verses 12 through 14. And perhaps you have heard this parable from Jesus before. It says this. What do you think? I love, I love how Jesus asks that. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away... Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And maybe you've heard that parable before. Uh, you may recall in that moment um, a song that we sing here at Reachway um, once in a while. It's the song called Reckless Love, where we talk about how the love of God leaves the 99 and is willing to go look after the one. So we, we, we even sing about this parable sometimes as well. Just and in response to everything that we've read so far, in response to what I just read from the Gospel of Matthew, I want to ask the question, who lets sheep wander off? And I think the answer is the sheep. <laughs> I think sheep are the reason 
that sheep wander off. Now, and by the way, I'm talking about us, you know. This isn't just uh, Old MacDonald had a farm Sunday. This is, uh, we're talking about us. Now, I think some sheep, and, you know, we're talking about people, I think some people have a propensity to wander. I, I think that's just sometimes part of, part of our uh, lives as humans is sometimes there's this season, uh, it could be a month, it could be a year, you know, it, who knows? It's this season of wandering. And as sheep and as people, we do that from time to time. And okay, great. But make no mistake about it. That when it comes to the parable of the hundred sheep, that one sheep that, yes, had a propensity to wander off, that happened under the watch of the 99. This is what I mean. Think about it. If you were part of a family of 100 people, and all, of, all 100 of you were on a walk, and one of you strayed from the path, would not even one of us notice? Well, of course we would. There's a hundred of us. And therefore, would not even one of us go then and tell someone else? And we know how news works is one people tell five people. And all of a sudden, all 99 of us heard that so-and-so got lost from the pack. Would, therefore, us family of a hundred not stop everything that we were doing? You walk over before it's too late. You grab that sheep by the hand, and you get them back with the group. I think sheep lose sheep. Now, this morning we thank God, literally, that the good shepherd Jesus is willing to go after the one sheep that has been misplaced by the other 99. When I read that parable from Jesus and I consider the relationship between the one sheep and the 99 sheep, I use the word misplacement. There is no way that if that family and flock of 100 sheep had the culture amongst themselves of, we have a shepherd that cares for us, but we need to be looking out for one another as well, then that one sheep would have never wandered off. But they did, and the good shepherd hunted them down, praise the Lord, yes and amen. The good shepherd not only cares for the sheep, but the good shepherd, by their example, creates a new culture for the flock. Because Jesus wants one flock. And if Jesus wants one flock, then we should want one flock. We should want to be a part of it, and we should want everyone else to be part of it too. I think what discourages me um, 
from time to time is I think sometimes what we, what we do is we know when a sheep has wandered off. And I think even sometimes we know it and we tell a few others, oh, so-and-so. And so I think we're able to recognize when a sheep wanders off. I even think after that recognition, we see something and we say something. But I think that's where it ends a lot of times. And I'm wondering if when we consider the example of the one who is willing to leave the 99, if we are really satisfied with just hoping and praying that that ends up being what happens, rather than just filling the gap, stepping into the moment and saying, I'm a sheep, a part of this flock, I am missing the presence of the one that has left. My shepherd wants us to all be together. I want us all to be together. And darn it, I'm going to do something about it. I think that's what we can learn from the good shepherd when it comes to how we are to interact as members of the flock. And so it would seem, in fact, that Sheep have jobs too. <laughs> you know, that's really easy to look at passages in the scriptures about the sheep and the shepherd, and, and I'm not discrediting this, but you know, oftentimes we talk about the fickle nature of sheep. What's that book? Animal Farm, right? It's on the banned books list for high schools or whatever, where we talk about the fickle nature of sheep, and they'll just go with the wind, and there's a leader over here, and we'll go that way, and if that leader tells us to jump off a cliff, we'll do it, because we're, we're sheep. Yeah, and so, it's, and so it's easy for us to just look at it and go, oh, don't worry, sheep, you're, you're meant to be fickle, and it's in your DNA, and so let's just keep wandering along until the good shepherd comes and finds us. Yeah, that's not good enough for me. I don't think the example of Jesus... The example of Jesus that's willing to lay down their life, I don't think we look at that example, and I don't think go and do likewise means ignore the one that wandered off. So I would suggest to you, and we've prayed this before here during our prayers of the people time, when we talk about uh, one of the, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the line of the prayer is something to the effect of, um, where there is injustice, bring justice. Where there is no forgiveness, bring forgiveness. Where there is no love, bring love. And we, we ask that the Lord would do this. I would suggest to you that wherever there is, for example, a concentration of injustice, bear with me on the image here, all of the one sheep that wandered off from the flock they found each other. Praise the Lord. But I'm wondering what it would mean for us as Christians to view 
physical areas where there is a concentration of injustice, poverty, segregation, racism, and view that as a place where all of the one sheep that wandered off because the 99 let them do it, I wonder if they all ended up in the same place because here is at least a safe place for us to be. So now we keep staying with the image and we go, okay, we're still members of the flock. What do we do in response to us now having found a population of sheep that wandered off and they found each other? Well, what do we want? We want them to be part of the flock that forgot them last year, 10 years ago, 100 years ago, 400 years ago, a thousand years ago. And I better stop. You may have noticed when you drove into church today, you saw a new sign out front, the North Valley Commons. We've been talking about that for quite a while. This last weekend with a, with a cleanup um, and just some time to be out together with our neighbors, we kind of, in a way, entered into a new season as a local church where we are devoting, we are committing, we are rededicating everything that's been given to us, this building, the grass around it, any, any resource that God has given us to steward. We feel it right. We, we, we feel that it's the right time and that there really uh, wasn't a moment to waste for us to say as a local church, hey, we want to be clear that what God has given us is for everyone. If there's anything that uh, this building could be of use, the pavilion could be of use, the, the lawn could be of use, uh, we, want, we want the neighborhood to know, we want the city to know, we want everyone to know that we want to help, that, that we want to be a place where people from all sorts of flocks can gather together so that there could really just be one flock. And without too much uh, talking about it, we already, and a lot of you already know this, we have plans for, for some garden space. Um, we have plans for a picnic area to be developed. We have plans for a kind of a peaceful meditation garden. Just wanting to provide opportunities for folks to, to be together, to all experience what life is like, under the shepherding care of the Good Shepherd. And so we're excited for what's to come. Don't have many plans beyond that. But we know that if we can create more spaces with that kind of mentality, the better.